It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's podcast network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Calgary, Alberta. Ryan Gill is one of the city's best known entrepreneurs. He is CEO and co-founder of Communo, a vetted network of marketing professionals. He's also president and partner of Cult Collective, an agency specializing in marketing and branding. Welcome to the show, Ryan, and thanks for taking the time to be here for our listeners. My pleasure. You forgot one thing that people in Calgary should know about is, although I don't run it day to day, I uh, also founded The Gathering, like I need more stuff to do, but uh, The Gathering is a global summit of the world's bravest brands in the world and their, their leaders. They come and talk every year. Okay. It Banff Springs in February, so your listeners out there, you're invited. All right. Super. Thanks, Ryan. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and uh, what you, you're up to uh, these days in, in all your ventures. <laughs> Too many. Well, first of all, I'm way back. I'll make a long story short. I'm from Brockville, Ontario. I'm an import from out east. Um, I moved here, I guess it was 1998, 1999. So what is that? 20, 20 plus years ago. And I call Calgary is definitely my home now. I'm a father of two little girls. Scarlett and Hallie, shout out to them, and uh, an amazing wife, Amy. Yeah, so I, I run uh, three companies and a, a bit of a media company as well. I put a personal content every day under the uh, platform of Ryan Gill Shares. It's basically my stories of uh, starting up life and running businesses. Mostly, I talk about the failures, not the successes, um, because there's more than my share of failures that have happened, and I think that's the real life that uh, people want to uh, experience, especially in the world of social media, where it's very plastic and fake. I try to make this uh, content real. So that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. But right now, my full-time, you nailed it at the start. My, my full effort right now is on Communo, building a global company. Well, let's talk a little bit about Communo, first of all. Sure. What is it and how has it uh, grown since you started it? Yeah, no industry is changing more than the advertising, marketing, digital services industry. A lot of people have really put lipstick on a pig. I'll say it that way, that really, you know, the mediums changed and they thought they were changing marketing, but marketing really hasn't changed much for 50, 60 years. To really change an industry, it needs to change at the operational level. It's not sexy. It's really the foundational stuff changing. I always say it's not sexy until it is, Uh, but Communo is basically a marketplace for uh, solopreneurs and freelancers around the world and ad agencies, marketing firms, PR firms uh, to give and get work and do it fast and with trust. Um, And so uh, we started, really, we closed our angel round of funding about 12 months ago. And we had about 100 users at that time. In a a short 11, 12 months, we've grown to 38, almost 40,000 users on the platform globally. So it's been a, it's the first business that I've I've built that's truly a global business. And it's changing people's lives. And it's, uh, it's, been, it's been fun to give back to the industry that gave so much to me. What's your plans for the company for the future? Yeah, we're, we're growing over the next five years, trying to grow it to about a $300, $350 million business. It'll employ about five to 600 people here in Calgary. Hopefully, we'll keep everyone here if we can. 
And most importantly, we'll be growing it to about probably 2 million users and about 200,000 members. There's a difference between members and users. They get more access as members than they do just being a typical user. Uh, but it's really to make the community, the global creative community, closer and help the small guy and the big guy be able to scale up and down quickly. The biggest cost for marketing professionals is people and space and uh, real estate. And so I've tried to make both of those agile and contingent. And so uh, that's what we're doing with, with Communo. It's really a contingent workforce solution. And then we've layered on co-working spaces. So we have about 20,000 square feet here in Calgary. It's completely full already. We're looking at more space now. Uh, we have a space in Vancouver we just opened up that's filling up. And then we're opening it in Toronto and uh, New York in the next few months. Uh, for your listeners, a bit of an exclusive. I can't tell you who yet, but we potentially have a deal on the table in the next couple of weeks. I'll be able to announce where we could open up in 130 cities globally. So it's, it's to be truthful, Mario, it's growing so fast. I'm just holding on for the ride. Okay. Let's talk about being an entrepreneur, uh, Ryan. Um, what are the biggest benefits of being an entrepreneur here in Calgary? And, and also maybe what some of uh, the biggest challenges? Depending on the day you catch me or any entrepreneur, there's, there's either benefits or downsides. And um, let's talk about the positives first. Of course, it gives you autonomy. You have control over your future. Uh, you have the ability to do what you want to do. At the same time, everything's your fault. And it should be if you're a good entrepreneur and you're a responsible entrepreneur. And so I'm not one to uh, delegate uh, blame to other people. So when shit hits the fan, I don't know if you can swear on this podcast, when crap hits the fan, it always falls on me. So that's the downside. Uh, <laughs> but I like that responsibility. And so being an entrepreneur is, it's in vogue right now. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. It's crazy to even say that, two decades. It's been a learning experience the whole way. Uh, it's so humbling uh, now to have a bunch of businesses that are running on their own without my input. I'm truly a founder. I'm a founder entrepreneur. I'm not an operating entrepreneur. So I'm really good for the first three to five years. It took me a long time, Mario, to become okay with that. I thought, you know, like, hey, like I'm, I'm, I'm a flake. You know, like I can only hold on for two to three years or five years. And uh, took a, a coach of mine and said, no, you're not at all. You're, you're the one that is in the trenches for the hard part. You're just not good at operating. And uh, I'm so happy that I figured that out for myself because yeah, I'm really, I'm really solid and I'm in the pocket in the first three, five years. And uh, you're not a flake if it's two, you know, two, three, four, five years. And so it took me a little while and some soul searching to become okay with that. Different entrepreneurs are good at different things. And I'm definitely a founder uh, startup guy. Now we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in Calgary that uh, whether it's close to where you live or where you work, that you like to go to recharge, get inspired, think about your business? I'm very lucky to live on one of the lakes here in Calgary. So I live on Lake Bonaventure. So I love in the summer to sit on my dock after work and think. This is going to sound super strange, but for those entrepreneurs out there listening, I think they'll relate with this. My best place to get work done and to think is on the plane because I'm mm. on a plane a lot. And so, I try to uh, get seat 1A, <laughs> put my headphones on, and grind work out for three, four, five hours, however long the plane ride is. And 
sometimes I'll get down a trip and I'll be like, I wish we were on the plane for everyone else is begging to get off. I'm, I wish we could stay for another hour or two. So <laughs> that's what comes to mind. I like the dock and the plane. Okay. Hypothetical, uh, hypothetical question for you. You know, imagine if you were to start all over again and you just moved to Calgary, uh, but this time you don't know anyone. Uh, knowing what you know now, what would you do and how would you do it to start all over again as an entrepreneur? I would start all over again by doing what I'm doing now, which is investing in people and leaders, understanding that to build a company, a great company that can scale, it doesn't rely on you. It relies on how good you are at getting good people around you. It's so cliche to say, but to inspire those people and to get out of their way, Steve Jobs has a famous quote, don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. Hire smart people and they should tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say. It's hard to do because they got to trust you. People that work for you to disagree, they got to trust you and feel comfortable to step out on their own. So that's my job to make sure that they feel trusted and that I'm vulnerable enough with them. Let them know that, especially what I talked about earlier in the podcast was uh, I'm a starter. I'm not an operator. So all my good, all my good ideas are usually gone in the first one or two years. And so it really is on them to take the company forward. I've been living that out and uh, the stress levels go way down when you really say, hey, I got a team running this and they got to run it because I'm not the one that's going to be running this long term. What's the first hour of your day look like uh, when you get up in the morning? Is, do you have a specific ritual or routine? Yeah, I really try to start with gratitude for sure. I have a little bit of a maybe cheesy, but I have a gratitude journal. I try to get two or three things. Think about people in my past that have helped me and either I send them a text. A great way to get over depression or get over stress, get over feeling sorry for yourself or how much you have to do is to send someone a text, call someone and tell them how thankful you are for them. So I try to do that almost every day. And uh, when you're doing it every day, you start to, you think you're going to run out of people, but you don't. And when you start to have this attitude of gratitude, it's um, amazing how it lifts your spirits as well as someone else's. So I try to start with generosity and being thankful for other people and being thankful for what I have. And then truthfully, my day, I'm usually running behind. (laughs) So I'm like, after that, I get... uh, I get right into it, and then it's six or seven at night, and I'm like, "What just happened mm-hmm. today?" <laughs> and usually, it's in the I'm in the service of other people, and that's my job as a leader. For those people out there listening that might feel depressed at the end of the day, you didn't get your work done. I'm using air quotes. I know you're listening. I'm using air quotes. You didn't get your job done. I would ask you to reframe that because if you're feeling like you just help people all day, that's probably your your work. It's not you know uh, the other stuff is unimportant. What's the, um, uh, when you look at sort of entrepreneurs, do you, uh, do you think that they have to be a little different, uh, maybe strange or weird uh, uh, to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, to be a high performing entrepreneur, a one percenter, the ones that have this tremendous success, I think they, they are definitely wired different. Another thing I've learned through the years is I can't expect people to be like me. They're never going to be like me. And that doesn't mean they're worse or better. Sometimes I think they're better. But the way true entrepreneurs died in the wool entrepreneurs are wired, it's uh it's something to behold because I know a lot of them and I look up and respect them and I think I'm wired that way too that I'm just like for instance, Mary, like I've made my money. I've made my wealth if you if you you know I've I've sold some companies, I've had some successes. 
why would I start a brand new company with global aspirations that's going to take, you know, it's a 40 hour work week won't do it. It's going to take 60, 80 hour work weeks. I've been doing that for 20 years. Why would I start all over again? You got to be a bit weird upstairs. <laughs> I hear you. So I, I am not guy, but I, but as much as we are, I love it and it's my purpose. And so, uh, I told my wife, this will be my last one. This will be the big one. And, and she just looks at me and laughs and says, yeah, right. I'm only, <laughs> I'm only 42. I probably got four or five left. But, uh, my, but my long, I think the greatest entrepreneurs in the world start with a, a, a mission in mind that's most people laugh at. And their, their dream is so big that it's literally, even I'm sure they, I, I certainly doubt myself sometimes, or Elon Musk wants to take rockets to Mars, or those types of things, and he says it with such conviction. I, since, I've been, since I was 11 years old, have wanted to own an NHL hockey team, uh, specifically the St. Louis Blues, and uh, I've been moving towards that on a daily basis since you know I was young. And so to own a hockey team, you need to have liquid cash, and a lot of it, um, and it's not even about the money for me, it's about can I can I complete my mission that I started 31 years ago? So uh, in order to achieve great things, you have to have stamina and consistency. And uh, I've been trying to live that out. So back to your question, definitely entrepreneurs are weird, but I think they have a, a lot of them have a lot of higher calling of doing something great that not the average person doesn't want to do, nor do they need to do. But yeah, we're, we're, we're a strange breed. Are there any books you're reading right now that, uh, and why? Um, I read lots of books. This is my favorite one right now. I'm holding it up to the thing is the 10x mind expander by Dan Sullivan. It's a small book. Uh, Dan Sullivan's a a business coach out of Chicago. I think he has a place in Toronto, but he runs a company called strategic coach. Anyone out out there listening, check out strategic coach. Um, all the stuff that Dan Sullivan writes is amazing. Uh, my favorite book ever is a book called win without pitching by Blair ends. It's uh, specific to the creative advertising world, uh, but it applies across the spectrum. Really, the essence of the book is just understanding that if you do what you say you do and you know you can execute and deliver, you need to operate under the assumption, and it might seem egotistical, but it's not, that you're the prize to be won, not the client. They're lucky to get to work with you. And not in, a, not in an arrogant way, just what it means is if they hire you for whatever you do, you know you're going to deliver on what you say and it's going to increase the value of their company. Yeah, they're definitely lucky to work with you because there's so much shit out there that isn't true, that isn't uh, the people that don't execute. So when you know you can execute, having that swagger of I'm going to do not just what I said, but more. Uh, Blair Enns write this, writes this book called Women Their Pitching. If you're so good, you don't need to pitch anymore. So you do, obviously you mentioned before you have a long hours and long days, et cetera. How do you find that uh, the balance in your life separate work uh, into your personal life? Yeah, I don't believe in balance. I, I'm, whatever I'm doing at, at the moment, I'm 100%. That's my balance. So it's actually in balance. Again, that's how I thrive. People uh, may not like it. It works for me and my family. And we have a wonderful, happy life. I have great friends. I have great social circles. I feel very blessed. Knock on wood continues that way. So what do you do when you're not working? What are your favorite things to do? I'm always working, but I love golf. I love poker. I spend time with my kids. I'm, I'm coaching my daughter in soccer. So I have that tonight. As an entrepreneur, it's, it's true. Like you really, 
do something great, you're always working. Like you, you're responsible for people's lives and their livelihoods. So I can't really take a day off. Like if I have guys like Dabs is videoing this right now, or people, they need me, I got to be there. And when you do that for them, they'll be there for you. You know. And so I, I don't care about the clients. This sounds really weird. I don't care about the clients and the money or that kind of stuff. I just care about the people that work for me and work with me. And when you get that right, honestly, the rest takes care of itself. So in the light of that, yeah, I turn work off sometimes. But if you're a true leader that's managing people, people's lives are 24-7. And plus, I have employees in different cities and stuff like that. So different time zones. So yeah, it's very draining at times. I would be, I would be uh, fake to say it's not tiring and I get burnt out. Sometimes I do. But uh, I take six, seven weeks off holidays where I try to completely unplug more than most people take off that are actually employees. So and it's interesting, but I don't believe in balance. I, I believe whatever you're doing, you need to do it full, full tilt. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, obviously you're passionate about this, but if you weren't doing this, what would you think you'd be? Uh, and what kind of a profession would you be in? I, I think I've told you this before, Mario. Like I started my whole career in life as a journalist, a sports journalist. So I would, I would actually go be a journalist and the, the, the profession of a journalist has changed so much. And I think it's exciting. I know it's scary and things are in disarray right now, but I would love to be a journalist or content creator, which I'm kind of doing, telling stories and entertaining people that way. And if I, that didn't work out, I would be a professional po- poker player. <laughs> okay. Hey, here's a question for you. Like when you're talking being a journalist, sports journalist, if you had one dream assignment uh, to cover something, what would it be? It would be to cover the story of Brett Hall. Why? Because I think he was an, a very outspoken, confident guy that was misunderstood and one of the best, most underrated hockey players of all time. Even though he's considered probably one of the top 20, I think he's probably top five. So I would love to cover that story. And he had lots of different uh, twists and turns and people didn't like him. People still don't like him. I like telling those people's stories to get the other side of it. The other story I'd love to cover, I'm, I own a Tesla and I love the Tesla story. I own shares in Tesla. Uh, I would love to interview Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at business, um, are there any favorite words or quotes that, uh, that you like to use? Generosity is a word I like to use. Buy the first drink. Be the person that uh, people look at when you're dead that was there for other people to help them. And I believe if you do that, you'll never be lacking in relationships, which is, by the way, if you're listening, money doesn't make you happy. Your health doesn't even, I know a lot of people that are healthy that aren't happy. It's your social connectedness and your relationships that make you happy. So taking care of people, for instance, Mario, I've known you for 20 years almost. You covered, you did the first story on suitcase back in the early 2000s. And we've stayed in touch. I don't care if you write another story about me or if you cover me, I really like you. And you know that to be true. And you're not, you're, you're one of the many people in my life that if you called me, I would be there for you and try to help if I could. So I've lived my life that way. And you can attest to that. Super. So generosity. Generosity. What about on the flip side of things? So there's something that a word or sentence you don't like to hear. Ah, that's a good one. What do I don't like to hear? 
Uh, it's funny. I don't like no. Mm-hmm. When people say no to me, it's a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> say for investors, some investors that said no to me in the early days and ended up, uh, I, the people that did invest made millions. I like uh, sending them a magazine cover with me on it when I sold my company to say, missed out. I, I, I like to care. I think most entrepreneurs carry a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think, uh, yeah, I can't, but no, in the other sense of it can't be done. I, I just think anything can be done. You can figure it out. And I try to teach my teams that, that re- relentless resourcefulness, you have to have it uh, because literally most of 95% of the time it's no, Oh, I can't do it this way. I can't get that shot. I can't program things. It's like, no, the world has been built on people that have said, yes, you can do it. And so I, I, I despise the word no in many ways. If you had a couple of words, speaking of words, if you had a couple of words or one or two words to describe yourself, what would they be and why? Yeah, relentless. I'm a, uh, I'm a team player. Uh, I like to be actually, even though I'm the CEO of different companies, I actually loved, I, I, I would rather be number two or number three or number four. And even at cult, that firm I ran for a while, and I still own it. But you know, I'm I'm down the ladder. I love that. So I like being a team player. Uh, another word, um, intense. I think people would say that. I wish I was more chill, uh, but it's just not me. Um, but I, I think intense, but lighthearted. Mm-hmm. What's um uh, when you look at your life right now? Is there Anything that you have on the top of your bucket list, let's say. Yeah, I own an NHL team, so okay, um, that's that's the number one thing that I think about all the time, and I'm just also, and I can't say too much about it, but this isn't something I just talk about. Like I, I'm in conversations with teams and people right now. Like I, you can't just have a big dream like owning a hockey team, or in Elon's case, putting rockets on Mars and space travel and not move towards it. That's just talk. It's just bullshit. It's, it's annoying. And so I, I take my own medicine. So I've been trying to own a team for years. And so I've been, I'm in talks right now and um, it's exciting. I look forward to that. And <laughs> let's um, talk about, uh, you know, obviously over the years, you've, you've probably had a lot of advice from different people, mentors, colleagues, uh, associates, friends, family, whatever. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received over the years for being an entrepreneur and that you'd like to pass on to people? Yeah, there, there's lots. So there's, I don't know if the best, but one that stuck out when you asked the question. Uh, when I made my first big chunk of money, I took a big portion of that and got it in cash. And uh, I, I broke it up into big chunks. I won't say how much, but it was a lot of money. And I gave it to people that helped me along the way. And the, the type of money I gave them, and just not to pat myself on the back, uh, but it was a great advice from one of my mentors. He said, when you make your first bit of money, go give some back to those people that helped you get there. So my executive assistant and some early hires I had, it was the best thing I ever did in my life was when I made that first big chunk of money, I sat in my office. I said, thank you. I said to them, you know, thank you. The word thank you, you know, always seems so empty. Um, but it's nice when it's with a, envelope of cash mm-hmm. yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, and again it doesn't it, it doesn't matter with the money it was just the 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 physical thank you was something that's meaningful and uh that was the best piece of advice i got from a guy named david richard 
Uh, he used to be the president. He was the global CEO for IHS. And then he was the CEO of Olympic Seismic. And he's been a, a board member of mine and an advisor for years. And he said, when you make your first big money, share it around. And I did it. It was, it was still the, one of the best moments of my career. I'm going to give you a, a question from left field here. So imagine a tropical island just off of Fiji, and uh, there's only a phone booth there, and uh, you have no internet. So we're going to drop you off there, but you obviously have no access to a computer, no uh, smartphone, no tablet, etc. cetera. Um, now, you can use a phone booth uh, at any time to, to call us, and we'll come with the boat and pick you up. I'm just curious, how long do you think you would last there before you made that phone call? And what would you do while you were there? Oh, so I would probably build a, um, a amusement park. That would be the most well-known amusement park in the world somehow. And uh, the first phone call, once I got it built somehow, I'd probably sail around, figure out a boat, sail around, find people to work on the amusement park. And after 10 years, maybe I'd have it ready. My first phone call would be to the New York Times to say, we're open for business. <laughs> Okay. Hey, Ryan, how um, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Like, how can our listeners get a hold of you if there's anything they would like uh, to be in touch about? So I'm very active on social media. Uh, Ryan Gill shares at R-Y-A-N-G-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E-S. That's a long handle, but Ryan Gill shares on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and then just Ryan Gill on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn as well for those uh, professionals out there. I put out content every day except Saturday. And so uh, you can uh, engage with me. I'm the one that responds. So it's not a team. Unless I'm on holidays, they respond. But um, you can reach out to me anytime. Okay. Thanks a lot, Ryan, for being our guest on Calgary's podcast. I've learned a lot about you, your business, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thanks, Ryan. My pleasure. Hey there, thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.